Hello, everyone. This is Mike Putnam with Jasper Main Street. And Laura Mance with the Walker Area Association of Realtors. And together we are. We still got to work on our song. We do have Walker to work on our Voices. song. Walker Voices. Okay, rehearsals. But together we're Walker Voices, a podcast about walk the Walker area, people who have had influence in the Walker area, um, and just Really, people we like and we just want to talk to. If we don't want to really talk to you, you're probably not going to be getting an invitation. We like the interesting people that have the stories. That's right. They have the stories. Mm-hmm. Have the stories. So, um, so do you have a southern moment? Because I do. I don't. I'm still happy that my hydrangeas are still doing well. Okay. And my other plants have not died. So, part two of the hydrangeas. Yes. That's your southern moment. Yes. We're, we're still hanging in there. Okay. So, um I don't know if my Aunt Faith listens to this podcast, um, but I'm talking to my mother right now saying, call Faith and tell her to listen to this. But here was my Southern moment. Uh, They came to my house for lunch on Sunday, which is what she generally does. Um, I didn't cook, though. She brought, she brought. I was going to ask, when are you going to cook for us? I'll cook sometime. Um, And Faith comes in. And Faith is getting ready for her granddaughter's wedding. So she's in the middle of, you know, like doing a makeover. I don't know, whatever. You know how women do. You know how women do. Oh, okay. Men, we just comb our hair and we go. So um, I see her and she's got this. Her hair is the same color as mine, silver. We all have that silver hair. And I see her get out of the car. And I said, Faith, your hair looks really good. She said, you think so? And I said, yeah. I said, what'd you do to it? And then I realized five seconds later, it was a wig. Oh. So we just go through the day. We're, we're getting ready to eat lunch. And she turns her back on me. And Faith has the tag hanging out of her wig. She's just doing her mini pearl. I was going to say, a little My mini gosh, pearl? There's nothing wrong with that. How much did she pay for it? <laughs> I don't know, but that's exactly that's what like she said. That's like a humble brag there. You know, just leave the tag on it so you don't have to say anything. So so, so I, I, I grabbed her and I said, Faith, I see the tag on your wig. Well, it was just a big laugh track after that. Let me you tell know. you, that may be a new trend here. We ought to get with Kelly Ferris. She may start something now. When you go get your hair did by Kelly, she'll put a price tag on you and as you leave. That way you, people know how much you, you, know you what? spent I'm going to ask hair. her about that. I have an appointment. Well, and Faith soon. did call herself Mini Pearl after that incident. Yeah. So now she's Mini Pearl to me. She's not Aunt Faith. She's Mini Pearl. Yes. So anyway, it, it, was, it was fun. Um, but anyway, today we have a guest. And this is investigator from the Walker from the Walker County Sheriff's Office. I'm so used to saying Walker area. Um, and it's uh, Carl Carpenter. How are you this morning? The man, I'm the good. myth, the legend. Oh, y'all saw that T-shirt the other yes. day. Yes, that's the best Father's Day present I've ever gotten. Wait, you have a T-shirt? That I have says a that? T-shirt that says Carl, the man, the myth, the legend. It's very true. Wow. Yes. Legend in my own mind. That's okay. You got. We got to be a legend. We got to start somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. On it. So. So anyway, Carl is here today because he has all kinds of. He's very interesting. Number one, um, I'm sure he has all kinds of stories about his job that he really can't tell. But maybe he can tell it with like code words and code names, right? We could do that. Because he's an investigator. He knows names all kinds of things. Names have been changed to, what's that disclaimer? Protect that the innocent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're innocent until proven guilty. guilty. Yes. <laughs> right. And we promise this podcast is and not going to make you lose your job. Uh-uh. 
Okay, may well. Okay. We'll see. Who's the final say on that, Nick? I guess so. <laughs> Nick, leave, leave him alone. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> so anyway, he's here today to talk about uh, his interesting life, which he does, and of course his interesting wife, Angie. The absolute most gracious creature that walks Walker County's earth. Shout out to Angie. See, I beat you. <laughs> I'm on Angie's list now. Good list, not you. Angie loves me. But she loves me more Angie now. Angie and I go way back. Yeah. And she works in an office that deals with primarily all real estate transactions. Yes. So, so you talk to her often. I get to see her. That's okay. I see Angie and Carl in downtown Jasper. So they are frequenters we, of we all of, businesses. Angie is a huge downtown Jasper person. Yes. She absolutely loves where Jasper looks. Like on Thursday nights, that's the comment she will make is, this is so wonderful compared to what it used to be like yes. down here. Of course, I don't know, but I just enjoy it. And you guys live in the downtown area. We live in downtown. Yeah. So. So where do you live? Over there I mean, don't, don't give it addresses because, <laughs> you know, you'll we, be... We live in the vicinity of Maddox School. Gotcha. I didn't realize that. So yes. the dog, when she does her adventures... Yeah, when Carrie decides to make a break for it, usually we're roaming the neighborhoods <laughs> looking for the bloodhound. And all you'll see is her tail because the rest of her will be hunkered down sniffing and you'll see that tail straight up in the air. <laughs> Okay. I should put a neon light on that. That's stro- like a, a flag strobe, or something. Strobe or something <laughs> on it. So let's start with that. Let's start with your dog because, you know, I'm fond of dogs, or, or at least I'm fond of my dog. I'm a dog person. Who is your dog? I have, well, we have a plethora of animals at the house. Um, but our two big ones, we have a Aussie named Deputy who uh, I got to win Maddie's heart over two or three years ago and then December will be two years that I've had Carrie Beck who's our full-blooded bloodhound and um, Carrie Beck was donated to us by a, um, a foundation up in Kentucky that breeds and trains bloodhounds for the purpose of law enforcement rescues so they're mainly designed for uh, searching for missing people hikers um, older folks when they get away from the house and can't find their way back they can be used for um apprehension tracking escapees and fugitives and things like that but i worry about that with carrie because she just doesn't have any meanness in her at all so so she might find them she'll find them and then i'm afraid she'll get hurt smiling at them (laughs) i'm gonna lick them all to death she's just gonna hug them that's all so hugging them she came i mean she was four months old when i got her and she was already pretty well set on like on a good path to training we just haven't made the time to train more like we should and and luckily, we haven't needed her, but just a couple times. And by the time we got her out there, um, the problems had already resolved themselves. So it was pretty good. Okay, but what's the significance of Carrie's name? That's where I'm going with that. Okay, so Carrie's name is Carrie Beck. And Carrie is named for um, Carrie Lawson and Becky Ferguson, who were anybody from Walker County knows. That's two of our historical missing persons that we've never located or found out what really happened to them and all that so we kind of named her that we had a naming contest trying to figure out what to call her and uh, we kind of did that just as a remembrance to them and what her purpose is supposed to be here for right and that's that's, really that's cool. great that is cool um when did the missing persons i carrie carrie lawson went missing in the 80s i think so and i think um or 90s early, early I, 90s i don't know I'm 92. not sure. I don't, I don't really have the timeline back that far. But uh, 
I've got the book. I just haven't had a chance to read it completely yet. Um, well, there's another podcast. I've heard it. Have you heard oh, yeah, yeah. There's several them. podcasts and a couple books that are out. And About Carrie's Edition. Yes. Yes. all yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just remember when that went down. It was a tense place around here. Yeah. It was a tense place. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yes, Tallulah Knows Your Dog. Um, I was reminded that at Tallulah's, I guess, her second bir- birthday. First we birthday. showed up, I think. That's right. That. You did. I was reminded that Tallulah uh, met Carrie Beck. And um, everybody loved Carrie Beck, but I also, I was with someone that reminded me that Tallulah just walked right past her. Because, you know, that's the way Tallulah is. Yeah, well, I mean. She's a little snooty. She's bougie, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, now we got to look at, now I think, I think Carrie's, you know, typically dogs' appearances and their personalities you know, come from their owner, their handler. Wow. Oh. So, you know, Carrie is a very dynamic, very personable, very loving dog, <laughs> like her owner. Go ahead. And go ahead. Tallulah is very bougie, <laughs> like her owner. So, I mean, what else? We are we- speaking truths today. <laughs> I'm not bougie. I don't have on sandals, white jeans, and a black T-shirt with that Calvin says Klein. Calvin Klein on. You are, <laughs> you, you are this short. All you need is a members-only jacket, and we could paste you right into an episode of Miami Vice. I mean, we're there. Isn't there a '90s bar crawl happening soon? Is that what we're? <laughs> you got to take it over. Is. I'm over here crying now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's something coming up. <laughs> Might need to revisit. All right. Mm. Okay. Mike. So, so it's I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> but anyway, so let's yeah. Get and, and, and let me just say this though, because I love an English cream golden retriever. I've had several golden retrievers, and um, there's another English cream in Birmingham. I mean, in Jasper that I love, and that's Jeremiah's. That's her brother, Jasper. Is that Jasper's mm-hmm. her oh. brother? Oh. Complete different. Jasper, jump in your lap, love, give me snuggles, hug, mm-hmm. I want to be your best friend forever. Tallulah He's gives eh. you the middle paw and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you oh, have food. Unless, you, Unless have food. you have food. Now she's up. She's up now. She loves Rebecca. Rebecca was giving her food. Oh, he, she heard the... She oh, heard... See, yeah, she, she heard knows that sound. She, she knows that sound. <laughs> the middle paw. It's I'm okay with that. You're okay. Um, so she's our downtown mascot, but I, I get it. I, I totally get it. But w- tell us interesting stories about your job th- that you can tell. Well, I was just, when we started talking about Carrie, I was thinking, what funny story. Everything about Carrie besides her adventures when she breaks free is funny. But we got a call one night, and um, a four-year-old boy is missing, and um he was last seen a half hour ago in the house. Now we can't find him. Mm-hmm. We've looked all around. Mom and dad are flipping out. You know, we have everybody in the world, fire department, police officers, all of this are going to the house to look. So they called me, and I was like, okay, we'll see what we can do. So I load up the load up Carrie in the back seat. And, of course, it, to watch Carrie go anywhere because she's the rudest dog in the world, most ill-mannered dog. <laughs> But as soon as you put her in a car and turn lights and sirens on, she will lay down and fall asleep. She mm. just it's, so she's not it, excited. It doesn't, it doesn't get excited. She oh. doesn't get excited like that. Mm. Um, so we get to the house and I'm like, okay, I need an article of clothing from him so Carrie can sniff it. Because right. Carrie's a sniff dog. I mean, a point object sniff dog. So you give her something and then she goes and looks for that. So they're like, okay, 
mom's like, like what? I was like, I don't know, uh, clothes that he was wearing earlier, his favorite blankets, something like that. And she walks, and we both did. We walked right by the sofa into the kid's bedroom, and I got, a, like, a pair of his pajama shirt or something, and I'm walking back out, and she goes, oh, wait a minute, there's his blanket. So she goes to pull the blanket off of the couch, and the kid is curled up asleep <gasps> oh. underneath it on the couch. All the commotion. All the commotion going on around, sirens coming in, all this kid slept through the whole thing. Never was missing, just sleeping on the couch. He just needed a nap. He just needed a nap. I needed a nap after that. <laughs> Carrie got her nap in the car. Yeah, Carrie got hers on the way. So that that's about my best Carrie story I've got oh, so far. That's a good Carrie story. I'm not sure I have a little I story that can match that. I think we're going to count that as that. A, a success for Carrie, though. Yeah, it was a win. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. So your lovely wife, Angie. Yeah. I see them downtown a lot. Um, tell us some of your favorite places. This is a shameless plug for Jasper Main Street. Tell us some of your favorite places to frequent with Angie um, in downtown. Well, for the longest time, it was um, Tallulah uh, Brewing Company. And then um, I worried about it when Jasper Bottle and Tap opened up that they would pull my business away from Tallulah, and they promptly did because it's. You know, I love the people. I love Drew and all of them at Tallulah, but when you go to JBT and there's just this wide variety of from beverages all from all over mm-hmm. and so much stuff different that you can try and it's you know because of issues that i've got it's less less crowd and it's more quiet and i can go there and watch a baseball game it's a little or, more or whatever hangout. it's more geared for me there but um those two and then on sunday afternoons i usually go to twisted barley to hang out there and yeah. get ready for the week kind of my prep up but um yeah, I'm a huge fan, you know, of downtown. We uh, our frequent rotation involves Main Street Takiera and um, Johnny Brusco's. As soon as Angie's mom comes into town for lunch, we're always eating at Johnny Brusco's, so that's her place. Yeah, um, Jasper Bottle and Tap gets my weekend business for you know. You need a Saturday morning mimosa? Well, they've got the Prosecco for it. Yeah, so they that's do. where I stop. Now I'm gonna tell you something that I like to do on Saturday mornings is. Um, because we don't have to get up so early to do it as brunch at Five Loaves. Yeah. And that's where usually, usually go in there. And there's usually several groups partaking in mimosas at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, so, but what is your, some of your, do you have stories that involve downtown that like? Uh, no, see, you're, you're dragging me into this. <laughs> and I, we talked about this before we came on the air. And I see exactly where we're going. <laughs> We're talking about this unfortunate incident that I was caught on film <laughs> trying to assist two of my brother law enforcement officers take a rather large woman into custody because she was raising cane on the streets in front of my church. And then she claimed to have been tased in a very private area of her body that that didn't happen. She was tased on the back of her leg. But, we will uh, not be sharing that video. I'm thankfully not. I'm sure there's but litigation sure still pending can because of find it. it. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I really wasn't. So that's my only funny story I've got. Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't going there, Carl. <laughs> Carl, I really wasn't going there, but I'm so glad you did. <laughs> well, I'll get, we'll get it knocked out of the way. There we go. We, it's done. Okay. But you well. did an excellent job in making sure that your fellow law enforcement were. Yeah, and I also care of. get also get picked on because I had to use her to scooch back up. I'm not as young and bouncy as I used to be, so I had to push off of her a little bit to get my momentum going and that's 
has led to other issues. No, it's, yeah, it's a lot of therapy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hard job on law enforcement it these is. days. It is. Hi, this is Jennifer Coron, co-host of Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political podcast, and we're glad to welcome Bevel State Community College as a sponsor. Your story starts at Bevel State Community College. Whether you're just starting out or starting over, Bevel State has an opportunity that is right for you. With five locations serving seven counties, you don't have to go far to start your own success story. Plus, with tuition lower than four-year colleges, you won't need to spend more for a great education. Visit them online at bscc.edu to learn about your options for seamless academic transfer and high-demand career tech and health science offerings. Let them help you tell your story. What's the average life of an investigator? Like... I mean, career-wise. What, like how long do we live after we retire? Less than five <laughs> years. I'm working till I'm 83. Did that solve that problem? <laughs> he's got a timeline. So, so I feel like he's gonna, we're going to see him at, doing stand-up at like Warehouse 319. Oh, no, not at all. I wish, I wish that would happen. I'm not that funny of a person. <gasps> Carl. The, um, realistically, though, I mean, I've started – I had a career before I came here. I worked for a large county next door to us, and um, I worked there 17 years and got really burned out, left law enforcement for a while, took my retirement out to open up. um, I was doing digital forensics there, computer crime and stuff like that, and that's really what burned me out was all the child exploitation investigations I had to do. I was about to say that has to be very hard. Opened up a small business with a partner of mine, and we were going to do private investigation, digital forensic, and I'm just not a, it's not me. I'm just not that, um, I can't get into a business mentality. I can't, I don't think, and obviously I don't work for money, so um, I couldn't get into the business frame of mind to run a business, so it wound up floundering, and then uh, I was going to go to nursing school, so I started as an ER tech um, down at Shelby Baptist. And um, that I thought was going to work, especially because I had been a medic in the Army. I thought that was going to go together. But then I realized that I really just don't have that. I can be compassionate for people, but not when you're just, I don't know how you say it, when you just come in there and you're drug-seeking and you want me to bend over backwards because... Is a vast majority of visits And it was just a personality clash that I had there, so... um, I left there and was working corporate security, just kind of hanging out. And then I met Angie, the love of my life. And um, we started dating and then uh, came up here to watch Maddie um, perform in a football game and crossed paths with Tim Thomas, who I had worked with doing computer stuff years before. And he said, uh, we're offering them the test for deputies and corrections officers. So took the test, got hired in to be a corrections officer and about five weeks later, um, chief deputy called me on a Saturday night. And let me just tell you, in my past world, if the chief deputy called you on Saturday night when you were at work, you did not have a job Sunday morning. <laughs> you were gone. It was not happening. And um, so I'm scared that I've gotten fired for something that I did or didn't do. I don't, you know, trouble that, what, just your brain. Me. You're racking your yeah. brain. What did I do? What did what I, I do? Not? What did I not do? Uh-huh. Nobody escaped. Okay, I don't know this thing like that. <laughs> um, the tasing incident hadn't happened yet, so we're all good You're good there. there. Okay. And um, he just asked me if I'd be interested in going back on the road and going to the Refresher Academy to get back in. So two and a half weeks of Refresher Academy in Jacksonville, spending the nights with my daughter over there, and here I am. Um, here you are. And uh, 
I know we can't. We promised not to mention his name, but when he took over his office, <laughs> when he took over office as the sheriff, I went in there and I had my resume with me and I just handed it to him. And you know, I had I got to admit, and I mean, he knows it for sure. I wasn't necessarily a big fan when he was running for office. I'm a support my sheriff guy. So Sheriff Underwood had uh, given me the chance to hired me in and given me a second chance to go back on patrol and I felt like I was doing great things and I felt like I owed him his owed he owed him support in his campaign so I did of course and then um when the when the sheriff smith took over I went in there and I said I'm your guy this is what I this is my background and I'd like to be an investigator and I think within a month he had me working on call weekends handling investigations Mm -hmm. and then um it seemed like there was an outflow of um, people, personnel from the old administration that seemed to leave, created openings. He moved me upstairs to be the South Side investigator for a while. And then um, ultimately, he um, we created this missing person, major crime investigator right. position that I've kind of fallen into there because of the, there's just a, it's, it's a very sensitive subject in Walker County with missing persons. Sure. Um, Walker County doesn't have any more missing persons than any other county in the world. It's just the notoriety of some of the past stories and the circumstances about why people go missing anyway just raises right. red flags that we need to concentrate the investigating on. and people stories. Well, it includes... And then we have the lake. It's all these It just things. includes a lot of things. I mean, if I was to point out what it is about Walker County that creates these conspiracy theories, I'm, I'm going to say that it's history. I mean... There's a lot of money in Walker County from the coal industry True. in the old days. There's a lot of um, poverty in Walker County from the coal days. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of gaps in between, and it just makes for it can't be. A lot of times, people says it can't be someone's fault that it happens to themselves. It's got to be somebody else that created that problem for them. Is kind of how I feel sometimes. Okay. But, so we've developed some little situations, uh, little formulas that we use when we get a missing person report, and they seem to work pretty well. Um, and then uh, right now I've only got um, we the last missing person that we had. Unfortunately, we recovered her ma- remains in, um, earlier this year. We're still investigating that. And then um, we have one outstanding missing person who's out west somewhere, but he's got some issues going on separately that he's just not it's going to take more than us working on it right. for for him to turn up. He's he could very well be in a safe place, and we just don't know where it right. is yet. So, and we hope that. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, obviously we we, you know, but when you go missing in Walker County, it's not that you don't. I mean, that is a immediate. No matter what I'm doing, I go to the office. We start working it as soon as it gets reported. And I have experienced that whole. So, I think we've had a missing family member and deputy came out and it all started rolling and everybody it was i was very impressed so. you can't wait till eight o'clock on monday morning no, no. well we can but you're not going to no right. i mean they yeah. no that's not going to happen we had here. a deputy at our house 10 o'clock maybe 9 30 10 o'clock that night and i mean i had talked to multiple people throughout the night the next morning it was very impressive yeah, so when you wonder whether the life of an investigator, I mean, it's, it's an eight-to-four job where sometimes you get off and you go to, you know, you may be in church service at 8.45 on Sunday morning and there's a phone call comes in and then you and your family are up and out the door and, you know, you come back around on Monday or something like that. Right. That happens. You know, a lot of wake-up calls in the middle of the night. Um, 
and then we typically I typically go out on all um, suspicious death investigations. So not just homicides, but suicides. Um, we go out and we uh, overdoses in this county are classified as accidental. Um, a lot of people don't understand that because they it's not an accident if people are using drugs that they intentionally do and they die, but they don't intend to That's kill themselves. That's not their goal. There's not, their goal wasn't to okay. kill themselves. So it, sometimes it can be a suicide. Oftentimes we just write it as accidental. But we go out and we look at the situation to see if there's some way we can implicate somebody else in that death. And it's very difficult to do that, but we give everyone a look at, a look-see just to try. Um, you know, I... I thought very fortunate that I had one I could do. Um, a young lady died of an overdose at the Warrior River Motel, and um, we had video, and I thought for sure that I would have the person who brought her the drugs and then show that nobody else was in there at the time, and um, the video didn't turn out the way I thought it, so I, I wound up doing that. But we look at those things just to see. Um, I mean, people are ultimately responsible for their own actions, but. Sometimes I think they get helped along. Sure, they do. I agree, especially with the and, opioid crisis. And then that's the next with. thing: is a lot of overdoses. Family members have a hard time believing that it could just have happened to themselves. So somebody must have killed them. So they call them hot shots. But right. we'll look at the. Um, they're called what? Hot shots. Huh. So they they're intentionally and it's happened, but people are intentionally injected with a, a mixture of drugs that's designed to kill them. So. Let's say you're, let's say you're usually used to doing this much heroin in your needle, and right. now you've got this much shot into you. So oh. that would be a. So oh. we look at the toxicity levels of. Um, would run tox screens on all the people that die from overdoses, suspected overdoses, and we take a look at those just to make sure that there's not a combination of. Right. If we see a lot of meth, a lot of heroin, a lot of Xanax, a lot of the three or four things in one thing, then we typically would look at that i've noticed you know we talked about social media double-edged sword there but of course you know everybody has a platform to share their thoughts and opinions and a lot of it is you know we have these overdoses and oh you know they're just just kind of brushing you know to the side but i go i think of it as you know that's someone's loved one their child their you know whoever and the fact that you guys are looking into that to make sure, you know, you get that final answer. That means a lot. Well, I mean, most everybody in the world today has had some loved one that's been affected by drug dependence. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. My grandmother was addicted to prescription pills for years. I didn't know it until I was older. Yeah. Um, family members, my uncle was an alcoholic from Vietnam. Uh, his his wife was a um, an addict. Of course, when they meet in rehab, that's just a classic recipe for... <laughs> You know, that's just typically not the best not place that be you should meet successful. your mate, right, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, I mean, I can understand that. I'm very empathetic toward that. And I'll be honest, there's not anybody probably that's more um, understanding and want people to get help with their problems. I've been very fortunate. There's two or three people in Walker County. And one guy, every time he comes by the office, if he sees me, he runs up and hugs me. Um, I arrested him one time, and he overdosed in the back seat of my patrol car. So I call the ambulance and I um, get him help. We get him to the hospital and um, he uh, he turns out okay, but he's clean now. And he says, I wouldn't be clean if it wasn't for you. And he thanks me for that. That's and awesome. I, I have a, a young lady. Um, she's a similar situation. And 
we spent um she got after i got her i she her and her mother got in a fight here so i arrested her for domestic violence and then uh she of course did not show up for court which a lot of people don't do and she gets in trouble in florence and she needs to come back to jail so i volunteered to drive to florence and drive her back and it was the longest most hard raining drive i've ever done in my life but it gave me a lot of time to chew her out on the way back I know, she's a captive audience yeah, at she's that a captive point. audience at that point and she's turned herself around um so i got a couple three projects like that around here that it's like a chats it, it, with carl it, well. it makes it, it it makes it worth it i mean that's probably the one thing you can look at if you get down on why my why does a cop do his job if you can find one or two people that you can go back and look at and say hey well maybe i helped them you know that was let me ask a question. Obviously, you, which all police officers, you're called into usually bad situations. People aren't calling you guys to their house for like a birthday party and being oh, they do. happy. Um, we actually had a really <laughs> awesome drive um, by one of the kids in our neighborhood, and we had some of the sheriff's yeah. officers. So, other than those type things, those things probably get more priorities than other things. You'd be surprised. Um, it's it's usually kind of sad stuff. How do you, I mean, obviously you're going to take that home with you, but from how do you, I guess, find that refresher or it not weigh on you um, to the point of? Yeah, how do you put it away? You, there I mean, we go. you have to put it away sometime. Well, I, um, there was this documentary I watched on um, the Detroit Fire Department one time, and this old fireman says, how do you unsee the images that are burned in the back of your brain? And... Um, you know, I really, I mean, of course, I have a, a strong faith in God, and um, probably the best thing that I've got is a is is my support system. Um, Angie, for not having any connection to military, veteran life, or law enforcement, or anything like that, she has just fell right into place, natural as a natural talent of what she needs to be to help me. Um, sometimes I think it's a unfair. I, I, I don't feel like I'm as much of a compliment to her as she is for me. But um, we had a, a unique situation right after we first dated, began dating. We had a, a unique situation that came up, and um, it was very hard on her. And um, she just had no idea what to do. But right. because of what I did with the, my previous sheriff's office, um, I was able to come in, and we literally just opened up a playbook and said, okay, step one, we're doing this. Step two, we're doing this. Three and four, we're doing this. Right. Make sure five doesn't happen, and then we're going to do six, seven, and eight. Okay. And where she where she would not, didn't always seem to be think that she could stick with it because the problem would still resurface every, so now, uh, every now and then, we kept pushing it. And I think what happened was, I was the only one that was able to do that to help her with her problem based on my experience. Right. And it provided me what I needed to be necessary to get my feet back under me to have the confidence to try to come back into law enforcement. So the support system, I think, is the biggest thing. God puts those people in our they life do, for yeah, a reason. And, and we completely believe that, um, that God put us together and that God put us together in his time because... Um, 
a lot of people are like, how do, have y'all only, like, this June is five years that we've been together. Gosh, dating. it seems like a lifetime. And But if you look at us, you think we've been together for 30 years. Exactly. And um, An- Angie's a person that I should have met in high school, and sh- I'm probably the person she should have met in high school, but we wouldn't have done as well together back then because we wouldn't have had the experiences. and That's the, right. We wouldn't have been through the crap that we've gone through mm-hmm. to appreciate each other now. So... That's just kind of how we look at it. Well, that was a love letter to Angie. I know. Everything in my life is a love letter to Angie. I'm trying not to cry. But, well, are you ever called to a home or a situation and you go, wait, I know these people? Um, luckily, not that much here. Now, I know them from being there before. Right. But, but I mean, I'm not from Walker County, so I don't have that difficulty of going someplace and it turning out to be my cousin or, or okay. somebody I went to school with, yeah. you know. Um, now, what winds up happening, and this is the classic, is I go to, and anybody that knows Angie knows how Angie's going to tell a story. <laughs> so I'm like Joe Friday, A, B, C, that's all I need, ma'am. That's it, hush. <laughs> Angie is like A, Q, D, X, she needs all Z. the things. Let me let me put all let me, the things. She'll say, "Let me uh, put some pieces of the puzzle together for you here. Let me connect some dots." So, but she she's an investigator. She is an investigator. Social media bloodhound like I've never <laughs> seen before. So that's my. She's like my my ace in the hole. I'm she's, saying she's your digital. She's my Penelope from Criminal Minds. You know, <laughs> I'll call. She'll call me. I go, "What's up, baby girl?" Of course. I hope that she that she imagines me being that actor that she's got the crush on in that show too. So. I bet she does, Carl. She I does. So. I'm I bet sure. she does. <laughs> I'm sure. But no, I haven't had problems like that. But it is nice when you work with a small community because Walker County's got sixty four thousand, and unfortunately, we probably have five or six thousand that are actual. You know, you could call them pains in the butt that you do with over and over again, but you do develop a relationship with them mm-hmm. and their families. And, you know, I'll go out there and I'll tee off on them sometimes because I'm tired of coming out here three or four times, you know, Right. but you understand it gives you, you already have a lot of background on what the situation is when you go there to help you with your decision-making. So I know these two drink a lot. They don't get along well, you know, sober days, much less on drunk days, you know, helps you kind of fill in. Those. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, it is what it is. So um, I, I've learned a lot today. Um, I, you're more familiar with Carl. He was your guest. I, I just know Carl and Angie. Um, so you, you're more familiar with him. I didn't realize he did stand-up, though. Oh, <laughs> it's not stand-up. It's There's, my life. <laughs> there are many facets to Carl Carpenter. This is just life. Um, fun fact that someone shared with me is that he, at one point, lived in Hawaii. Okay, so where So what's my daughter's name? If you know so much about me, I what's can't my daughter's name? I can't say her name. Why can't you? It's a I very simple name. I don't... Susie. No. Mary. No. Her name's Kehalani. Yeah. See? Oh, I can't simple. say that. Got it. And what's her last name? Bohannon now. Yes. And she's a teacher. She's a teacher. And Jeff... No. No, no, Shelby no, County? no, please. No, no. Somewhere that way? Oxford. Yeah, She's I was in getting the there. school system. I was getting there. She is a, yeah, she is, um, she just got her master's this last spring, and um, I think she's moving into being a reading interventionist this fall. Oh. So um, she is doing real well. Um, another fun fact, I have uh, 
three adopted kids. So they live with their mother up in North Carolina now, but it's a sibling group of twin girls and their older brother. Yes. And um, if you want to talk about how life comes around, they, um, their biological parents had some mental health issues, some substance abuse issues, and a lot of domestic violence between them. And uh, the last time that my son remembers seeing his biological father, you know, uh, men with brown uniforms came in and took him to jail. Uh-huh. And then he never saw him again. Right. And then nine months later, he's being moved into a foster home where the guy that comes home from work every day wears a brown uniform. Right. So it's just kind of a, you know... A, a sad circle of events, you know, but, uh, and then I got my new daughter, my bonus daughter since I moved out here. So Maddie's my rock star so out here. So was Angie the reason why you moved to Absolutely. Walker County? Okay. Getting a job in Walker County was why I moved to Walker County. I couldn't drive from Leeds every day. True. So. <laughs> That's a little bit of a but that was the That was where it, well, we knew that it was going to fall into place. Right. And it's worked out really well. I, I, I'm a huge person that uses analogies to try to explain things, but it's like you got this big piece of machinery that you've taken the cap off the top, and you can look inside and see all the gears inside turning. Right. And they dropped me in the middle of that, and I instantly meshed with all these gears. So getting a job. It really does feel like you've been here forever. Getting a job, social interaction with other people, Mm -hmm. um, great family, you know, all that together. From the outside looking in, it looks like the sheriff's office is very, you seem very cohesive. Everyone yeah. everyone has their job. Everyone does their job. And so it all just seems very cohesive. Everyone is it seemed successful. Like, it seemed like before there were like little clicks in the sheriff's office, yes. especially in investigations. Um, now we have, I think there's a total of uh, nine or ten investigators that, separate from the narcotics people. You know, we have one for each side of the county doing general crimes. We have um, two that do our special victims and um, uh, sex offenders. One of them does sex offender registration mostly. The other one does the computer crime stuff. Okay. Great captain, um, two cold case investigators. And um, it's like you take these 10 people and we have a text group, and we're constantly picking on each other in the text group. Right. You know, we... Um, Nothing brings people together like making fun like of Like bullying other, other people. <laughs> yeah, right. just being cold-hearted mean to folks. Because <laughs> um, we don't do that here. Uh, no, uh, nobody picks on anybody in the world. You know, this is there, there are no safe places in our text group for sure. But um, I've never seen a group of people that will... If I get a call, okay... What will happen is somebody will say shooting in Empire, and then all you'll see is text after that, on my way, on my way, on my way. Nobody has to make that phone call to them to ask them. They just automatically do it, you know. So um, it's a great group that I work with there, and we've got um, a lot of young deputies coming up. I think it's going to be a – I think they're just going to be great if they just keep digging in and learning their job and learning new things and – I think the futures are going to be real strong for the sheriff's office. My history with Nick Smith, yes, we will say his name. And I only joke because I was like, we can't talk about Nick because he talks oh, he about... he gets him. enough social well, that's media what play. I, said. I was like, oh. he talks about himself enough for But you know, the thing else. about that is he's not like other people. I know. So, like, I worked at a sheriff's office that you weren't allowed to talk. You had to get permission. Right. I, I didn't get permission to come here. Now, I may get fired, but... <laughs> 
hopefully not now. Um, because <laughs> I said it. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's our insurance. There. One of the one of the things is is when if we have a death, if we have a homicide, and we're going to do a press conference about it, sheriff's going to get up there and he's going to say, "Okay, this is why we were called out there." Right. Carpenter's going to tell you what happened, and then I step up and do my thing. Yeah. And and he doesn't take that spotlight away from the people that are doing the job, which right. I really respect about yes. him. Yeah. Now, it, we're his we're his crew. There ain't no lying about it. Exactly. Like nobody, there ain't no lie about who, who's in charge of us. But he doesn't take that away from other people, and he gives credit where credit's due, and I do like that part about it. I saw him do that in Cordova. I was actually on the city council when Drew hired him, and I actually was very adamant that we not hire him at the time because I, I didn't think it was a good fit. But he came in and absolutely made me eat my words and did a phenomenal job. And just to watch that Cordova Police Department grow and change. And he had all of these programs, you know, his, the Gordon Good Morning Calls, all these different yes. things. And then he was able to then take that and move it to a county level and to see all of that be successful. That's why I was one of his biggest supporters when he ran for sheriff. I was sad that he would be leaving Cordova, but... I knew that he could make such a difference, yeah. and you can see that. And I mean, he, I, I, when he came over, we were a fractured department between and during the election time. I saw it, and I, it wasn't the first time I'd been through this, but um, I sat down with Angie, and we said, if if he's elected, this needs to happen: A, B, C, D, and E, F, G. And of course, I was down in J and K. I was way down here somewhere, <laughs> but he made that. He did those first things, and it was a big thing. So. He had talked. He was pretty. He'll admit he was pretty adamant about bringing somebody from the outside to be our chief deputy. But he promoted from within, and I think we have an ex. I think I've got the best chief deputy I've ever worked for in my life. I just Anthony Leach commands respect when you look at him. He's been where you are. He's not right. done anything. You you're not doing anything that he hasn't done, and he's he's got your back. And if you do something wrong, he's going to chew you out. You know he's going to he's he's a parent. He's right. gonna, he's going to. He's going to discipline you when but you need to. But everybody knows the rules. And but you, you know, know the rules, and you, you just expected to do what you think is the best thing. So it's it's evident from the outside. You guys are doing good work. Okay. Well, um, I feel like I we could talk for hours. We could. And again, his stand up routine stop. You know you got it. Nope. <laughs> so I, I know how many Tallulahs I want to give him okay. 1,969. No. Why 69? No, 70. I was born. Oh, he's giving his own self to Lula's and he's pulling. Let me tell you. No, we're not doing that. We were start because when we were like started to prep for this, we were like, so what are we going to do? And I said, well, we can just start from the beginning. It was a dark and stormy afternoon. November 5th, 1969 (laughs) in Fayetteville, North Carolina. A young army captain stayed at home drinking shots of whiskey while his poor (laughs) wife delivered Carl. See, why didn't you see? Well, we could we could go for you, hours. Why didn't you begin with that? I don't know. That was a good story. That's, that's we'll do another. Because you wanted to bring up that whole tasing thing. <laughs> that was her. I did not. But I you said that you. She mentioned it, but you put the ball on the tee. I didn't know anything about it. I mentioned that it's, off air. That, that was, was just a, fun fact. Okay. Other fun fact: Carl has also had like a rodeo life. I mean, we could just keep going. Okay. Well, um, Angie tells lots of secrets. Okay. Well, two things. 
We're going to give him 64 Tallulahs just because that's the 64. That's the, it's, this has not been a Walker area thing. This has been a Walker County thing today. today. And that's our tag, that's our 64. County, that's our county, county number for Walker County. So he gets 64 Tallulahs. Okay. But, um, you know, I've got to leave now. Um, I think we need to call this uh, interview to a close, this podcast, because uh, Bougie Mike needs to go find a members-only jacket. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So we're gonna go, have a photo shoot. Happening. Go up there to custom graphics and get the badge embroidered on the front of it. <laughs> okay. You can be an honorary member. Do you have stickers? Yes, <gasps> junior deputy stickers. You could be a junior deputy. Just, you have what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Carl. Thank Comes you. Comes with for a free being... registration. The next Citizens Academy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, am Carl. I supposed to teach it that this week? <laughs> Citizens arrest. Thank you Citizens for being arrest. here, sorta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look for us, uh, Walker Voices, on Facebook that I mainly do, and Instagram that I handle. Okay, we'll share pictures, all kinds of fun Carl things, Carrie Beck pictures of. Yeah, the dog. I've got a, I've got a picture um, of Carrie Beck on my phone. We might could find a picture of Nick Smith and his. No, his let's not do Nick. No. Nick's enough. He gets enough play. <laughs> all right, thanks for thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Walker Voices is a DME Media production. Copyright 2021, Daily Mountain Eagle.